Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the September 26th, 2023 edition of Ask a Leader. My guests are in two parts in advance of her October 20 workshop at UCI for PhD students is Kimberly Duong, UCI School of Engineering graduate, now employed as a water agency civil engineer. She's returning to the show to talk about her new calling as a PhD coach, assisting students in productivity, project management, procrastination, and anything else related. And I do have a, I have some of those questions to follow up on there. In the second segment, Brianna Walker, at Minnie Van Hill, as she's known on Twitter, returns in her capacity as a local muckraker to talk about local school board culture wars policies cropping up all over Orange County. Her work is proof of the importance of down ballot voting, such as the next primary, March 5th, 2024. We'll be right back. Thank you, everybody, for staying tuned. Welcome back to the show. My first guest is Dr. Kimberly Duong, one of the last guests I had in studio in the before times. She just completed defending her PhD dissertation in civil engineering with climate change on her mind, bringing along an undergraduate who helped her build climate memes on Climatepedia at UC Irvine. Now Kimberly, a seasoned water management agency professional, is bringing along PhD students as they negotiate the process of completing their PhD programs. And you notice the public service, the self-serving element here? Okay, I did. She wants to share lessons learned and help others succeed in their own PhD journey. Kimberly employs a tailored one-on-one approach, drawing on more than 10 years of project management, leadership, STEM outreach, and mentorship experience in academia, government, nonprofits, and entrepreneurship. And that's where I first met her, was when she was on the show, on the road with a, a, a particular flair, and I'm just hoping that, that comes through today. Her diverse background includes wetlands, fieldwork in Melbourne, Australia, to science policy at the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine in Washington, D.C., she joins me in studio. Welcome back to Ask a Leader, Kimberly Dong. Hi, Claudia. It's so good to see you again. It is so good, folks. You don't know sometimes, but it's, can't, I can't restrain myself, and I'm all fangirled about what Kimberly <laughs> does and how, how she does it. First, though, it's the obvious question, but how did your Ph.D. path proceed? I'm guessing there wasn't a Kimberly Dong kind of pro on your team at that time. Uh, yeah, when I graduated, it was a little less clear what I could do with my degree um, other than academia. I think these days there's a little bit more transparency around careers outside of academia for PhD students. But when I graduated years ago, it was pretty much become a professor, become a postdoc, 
uh, or you could work for the government and do research there. So I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I'd worked in a nonprofit. I did a fellowship in Washington, D.C., trying to figure out if that's what I wanted to do after I graduated. Um, and so it's taken a while, but I, I feel pretty good now about what I'm doing. And um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, the coaching. Well, and you know, what comes to my mind is that there is this kind of um, default about staying in the uh, research areas and academia. Yeah. And thank you, Sherwin Rowland, for letting people know. You, he, he persisted in leaving the bench and he went worldwide with the ozone depletion research that he did. He became a very public figure and it took years for people to recognize what he's doing. So I want to think of Sherwin Rowland as sort of, it's on his shoulders that you're sort of looking at. There's some very public other kinds of careers where the PhDs can take that. So that's that's the beginning of that. So, so you're becoming a coach. You were in, were you informally helping other people? And you thought, wait a minute, this is a shingle that's got to be hung officially. Yeah, actually, it wasn't until I was helping some fellow students uh, when I was a late stage student. And they were telling me things like, oh, you're really good at this. You know, have you thought about helping other students? And um, I, I, I talked to someone once who I had barely known. We'd, we'd met uh, during some workshop. And while I was asking some questions about their PhD, they actually started tearing up. And they were saying, like, I, you know, I, I've never really talked about this with other people. And I just thank you so much for this conversation. And I was thinking, well, I'm just here, you know, trying to help them and trying to figure out what what they're all about, because the last workshop that we did was about, oh, what do you want to do in your career? And I think that's kind of the place where students stop and think, wait, what am I doing with my career? I'm here doing this program for years, but what's after this? I don't know, actually. And I don't know if the typical path of postdocs and researchers and professors is really my path and I think some people kind of get lost in that purgatory of not knowing if I don't follow the path what path do I follow because there, there are sort of currents that you sort of you got to swim against the current you got to swim out of it yeah like and then find find okay this other current is something and I want to find out if let's say the urgency I call it I think climate catastrophe more than climate change kind of right. summons the conditions we are in. So with the urgency of that, those trends, is that something that sort of helps you support and validate for them that, well, maybe there's some more immediate things to do in a career than the being on the bench? Oh, absolutely. And I think the earlier that you start thinking about it, the better. Because when, Good point. when you're in... I mean, I talked to someone who was in their second postdoc. So you can imagine this is after four years of undergraduate. Second? No, yeah. no. Six years of PhD, three years in a postdoc, and then two more years in a second postdoc. They're a year away from not being employed anymore. And then they think, well, actually, do I want to keep doing this? I don't know. And at that point, like, what do you do? Do you start over? You just throw it all away? Do you pivot? I think that's a really hard time to try to figure out what the next step is. So if you can start thinking about this early on, you know, when you start your PhD program, when you're in the middle, even towards the end, it's 
much better of a time than when you're already in this mode of success that other people have defined for you and you don't feel like you're succeeding for yourself. I think that's the, that's the hard part. Wow. For those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Kimberly Duong in studio. Yahoo. She's UCI School of Engineering PhD graduate, now employed as a water agency civil engineer, talking about her PhD coaching service. So you've got maybe some models you're using and honing the skill. How did, how did all of this come together and you figured out how to do the one-on-one sorts of custom-designed coaching approach? Yeah, I personally have always enjoyed one-on-one conversations more so than a lecture style or a classroom style. I have taught in that capacity before, but I think with the PhDs specifically, there's just so much nuance for every person's degree. I mean, even within the same department, people could be doing completely different types of research coming from completely different countries and backgrounds. And the paths that they could take in their career are also very different. So the one-on-one conversations are really there to be specific and tailored to this person's past and their future. Um, So I really enjoy that because it's a way to get to the root of what they're talking about. There's so many other distractions that we can talk about. And I think those are hard to get off the surface if you're not talking in this one-to-one capacity. Do you want to talk about those distractions? Sure. Go for it. I think one of them is this idea of success in the academic sense where you're chasing accolades like fellowships, grants. That's great if you want to pursue that line of work in the future. If you want to become a postdoc and then a professor, then applying for lots of grants and getting fellowships is great. But if you decide that, actually, I want a life of of entrepreneurship or I want to start my own coffee business, I don't know if getting academic grants and fellowships is really setting you up for success there. (laughs) It's more training you for a very specific type of skill that you may not use if you're not planning to go into that type of career. So I, I consider that as a potential distraction if you have already identified I don't want to continue in academia for the rest of my life, then it is a distraction because it's considered success in the here and now, and it's irrelevant in the future. And we we are reminded, spend enough time in the university culture, and we're reminded of, of, of those kinds of distractions. So I'm curious, when did you actually start the coaching? Legit so shingle I hanging. was... I was coaching my fellow students, um, I think as early as 2018, and meeting informally with them, just friends. But I started taking on clients last year, and that's where I kind of formalized all the processes that I have. Mm -hmm. And um, I have been working with a few students. I have a student who I've been working with for over a year, actually. And I, (laughs) when I met with them, they kept saying, I wish I started working with you three, four years ago. And it just made me think, like, why have I waited so long to start doing this? <laughs> so and let's go over your clientele. Could you be starting with some that are finishing their undergraduate programs? Absolutely, yeah. The, there's ideally. A, there's a wide range. Yeah, ideally they would start with me early on. But a lot of the people that come to me are in their last year of the PhD. That's kind of where they have that moment of, wait, what am I doing after this? You know, they kind of get through all of those hurdles of passing the exams, 
and finishing their courses and getting all of their research papers published. And now they're at the point where we, I, after I graduate, I need to find a job. I need to do something else. I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life now that all of the schooling is, you know, 20 plus years of schooling is over. And on your website, and we'll include that in the podcast summary, it's coachkimberly.com, that you break it down and, you know, what? how does this differ from actually your research team? And so maybe somebody gets on early enough, your coaching repertoire would include helping them put their committee together for their PhD program. Possibly. I, I do tell the, the students I work with that my work is not a replacement or a substitute for research advisors. And that is because I, I can't be the expert in whatever you're working on, even if we're coming from the same department. Or know the politics of that department. Because that's course. kind of huge dynamic and, there. And I think people mistake advising with coaching because advising is I'm giving you advice. I'm telling you what you should do. Coaching is more like I'm asking you the questions and you are figuring out the answers. Okay, so I asked about when you started, and as I'm hopping around here on these topics, is that I didn't know if during COVID, but you probably were informally working uh, yeah. during COVID, but it didn't, we can't say that it changed your coaching at that point, because you, you really started in earnest, the, the, you said like a year and a half ago. So, uh, and the field, you were saying that you're not taking the place of the research advisor, yeah. so, but are you finding it's not just engineering coach ease that you're taking on you're taking them all from all over the any kind of an academic situation yeah most students that come to me are from stem backgrounds okay makes and sense it, it is uh, important for them to have a coach who has a stem background as well just culturally speaking you know understanding what the expectations are and what the programs are like okay and so we're going to make sure you talk about oh well what i wanted to find out it's a, it's a little bit out from left field, but have you identified some kind of me too issues with a client? Because a, maybe a committee is part of the issue with a student that's trying to ward off any kind of harassment going on, but we, it's, uh, and in STEM, it's a different level of competition and there's different power imbalances going on in STEM. So I don't know if you're, you're looking at some of those for your clients and you're sort of helping them recognize what's going on and push back to negotiate that and get through it. But that's not come up yet or maybe that's gonna be part of your new shingle. That hasn't been an issue for me personally with the clients that I've worked with, but I have heard of issues like this before. Um, I will say that the majority of students I work with are female and one of the reoccurring issues is this feeling that they have to be either um, following what the convention is and the communication style is a little different. And so I work with them on, for example, managing up with advisors, being more assertive in their language and basically changing the way that they communicate so that they can be more effective and for them being more effective might look like oh I should just do everything my advisor says and not ask any questions because I don't want to look stupid and to me I'm trying to get them to think more like we need to make sure that you are getting everything that you need to be effective in your role and if that means that you feel a little bit embarrassed while asking questions so be it because that's what we need to do 
to improve the situation. If you're feeling stressed and you don't know what you're doing, then we need to make that clear so that you can get the help that you need. And sometimes they don't have the words, they don't have the language, they don't have the comfort in speaking up and, and saying what they need and asking for what they need. So you're a perspective coach here, right? And so I'm wondering, there probably is a light bulb that goes off and they say, wow, this is all, these are life skills. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the life coach line, but, but there's life skills they're getting in negotiating that PhD program. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I have a student I've, I'm working with now whose number one issue was procrastination. Okay, that's one of the several things you're talking about. In yes, your... I'm, and I'm sure there's lots of other people who can understand uh, that being a major issue. So we spent a lot of time talking about what their relationship with procrastination is. And since that conversation, it's like night and day. They have completely changed their perspective on procrastination some weeks they've worked five times more than they thought they would they are jumping on tasks when they used to avoid the tasks and that's something I call reverse procrastination we can talk about that if you'd like yes please um, so there's a strategy that I like to use for students who have identified a very specific task that they've been procrastinating on forever. And I'll give you an example. I had a student who was graduating very soon, was already looking for jobs, but their LinkedIn profile was blank. It was a picture from like six years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and there's nothing in there. And I said, uh, do you wanna update your LinkedIn? And they said, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Weeks go by, they haven't updated. Every week they got an excuse. Oh, I mean, I just need to get, you know, I need to get like a better picture. I need to get someone to take it for me. I don't know exactly like exactly what words to use. And so after several weeks, I said, okay, we need to talk about this. What's behind the hesitance on the LinkedIn profile? And all the other excuses out of the way, they said, I'm afraid to be judged on social media. That's the It is, issue. LinkedIn is social media. Yes, it is. And so they were afraid to put even one word on their profile. And so I said, okay, well, let's redefine what this is because it's not a social media profile for you. It is a way for recruiters or hiring managers to see what your experience is. And that's not any different than a resume with a picture on top. And so they said, okay, I can do that. I, I'm not going to go into the making posts every day and updating this and that but I'll make a one, a mirror of my resume. And I said, okay, let's talk about that. And even something as minor as editing the title, you know, graduate student researcher, maybe, and the department that they're in, they couldn't even do that. So I said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna break down this task, this one task into steps that are so stupidly simple that you're gonna feel like, oh, of course, I can do this. So the tasks are individually as short as one second. First thing, open laptop. Okay, I can do that. Type linkedin.com. I can do that. That's easy. Click on experience section. That takes one second. Type graduate student researcher. Okay. Click save. So we break down one task into steps that are so, so easy that they're not scary anymore. There's no 
failing at them. You can't fail at opening a laptop. You've done it millions of times. And so I'm breaking down this scary big thing into something that feels like it's manageable, bite-sized pieces. And what happened was, you know, this client wrote down all the steps and, you know, there's 30 of them to update a LinkedIn profile to this degree of granularity. And one day they just decided on the weekend, screw it, I'm just going to do it. Finished the entire thing in an hour, filled out everything, all the details, new picture, everything looked beautiful. And it took them years to do something that actually took half an hour, but they got it done. There you go, reducing the tasks so that it's simpler, it, it's the barriers no longer interfere with the execution. Yeah, it's like that phrase, uh, how do you eat an elephant? I was thinking of that, <laughs> one bite at a time. That's right. Just keep biting. So the coaching that you do, fast forwarding here, is that you're also helping them with transitioning employment. You're doing that and helping them set up their LinkedIn profiles and filling yeah. it all the way in. But uh, there's they, they can see that that's coming. Right. That's one aspect of it. And so do you want to just tell us a little bit about how people can join you? It's the October 20th at UCI. It's an online yes. instruct uh, forum from noon to 1 p.m. Pacific time because you're going to be you're going to get people from all over the world on this one is my guess. It's a virtual workshop. It's through UCI GPS STEM. It's a professional development organization for STEM students, but this event is available for all PhD students and postdocs. I'll send you the link so that you can include it. People can RSVP. It's open now if you want to RSVP. And yeah, I'll be giving a workshop about project management tools and how to combat procrastination. Very, very good. A really great tool. So do you want to let listeners know how they can follow you? And I mentioned it's coachkimberly.com is the whole website for your entire enterprise here while you're still working at the water agency. Yes, yes. So uh, if students want to reach me, talk to me one-on-one, you can find me there. You can schedule a free consultation. I'm also happy to take emails. You can reach me on there as well. And that's the best way to find me. Well, this is very good. I'm so glad to see you again, Kimberly. Thank you for taking the time. It's very instructive. There's more to say. We've got a very ambitious program today, and it was a very, very excellent start to that. Thank you so much for being on Ask a Leader today. Thanks, Claudia. My guest was Kimberly Duong. She was a PhD student, and she completed her graduate degree now. She's at a water agency as a civil engineer, hanging her shingle as a PhD coach in advance of the October 20th workshop at UCI.